May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Please be seated. Good morning. It is a joy to be able to be with you this morning and thank you to my dear friend Serena for inviting me and offering me a space in her pulpit. I don't know whether you are like me and often wonder who are the people who decide where our reading for this day starts and where it ends and whether you are like me and sometimes say, they definitely made a bad call on this one. <laughs> and so for today's gospel, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And I am going to decide that they made a mess and we should have gone on for two more verses. Because we end at, now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him, all of them are alive. The actual chapter ends, then some scribes answered, teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him another question. For they no longer dared to ask him another question. We need to remember that all along Jesus' path to Jerusalem, they have been asking him questions. They have been trying to trip him up. They have been asking him about how he has the power to do the healing that he does. Under what authority does he heal and preach? They have asked him why he allows his disciples to eat with dirty hands. They have asked him why he has gone to have a meal with a known sinner like Zacchaeus. So all along, they are questioning Jesus, trying to build a case against him. And in this particular case, they're trying to trip him up asking a kind of a gotcha question. What can Jesus respond? There is no right answer, it doesn't seem to, whose wife is she? Because if he says, well, she's married to the first husband she was married to, they say, well, what about the other six that came after? Or if he says, well, it's the last one who actually has the right to her, then he'll say, but, what about the six that went before him? So clearly this is an opportunity, an attempt to trip Jesus. And Jesus refuses to even answer their question because he recognizes that the question itself is based on a fallacy. It is a question that we could quite probably ask Jesus ourselves, maybe in a slightly different way, because it is our idea of what heaven is, right? So we could ask, so is there really milk and honey 
in heaven? Um, uh, are we really going to have wings and sing day in and day out? Are the, pay, are the paths of heaven really paved in gold? Jesus' response to the Sadducees is Jesus' response to us. That the eternal life, you don't know. We have no idea what heaven is. The only thing we know is that it is a place of God's love. The only thing we know is that we are assured a place in heaven through God's grace to us. The only thing we know is that God loves each and every one of us so much that God holds for us a place in God's own heaven. And so we might say, well, if then we are assured this place in heaven, what must we be doing here on earth? What are we doing in this lifetime? If all we are doing is getting ready for that beautiful place that is heaven. And this is where that last sentence comes in, that they were not able to ask any more questions. Because we as Christians are called to be those who let the world know that they can't ask any questions about our faith and that we let people know that they can't ask questions by how we live our faith. I don't know if you are also getting questions from family and friends given all of the things that we are hearing about what it means to be a Christian. Whether you too are getting messages from family and friends asking, well, what is this Christianity of yours? We are seeing people talking with words of hate that they say come out of their faith. We are hearing people saying that my Christian faith says you are less than human. We are hearing people saying my Christian faith calls me to look down on you. We are hearing people saying my Christian faith gives me the right to hate. And the only way that we can answer our friends and our loved ones is in how we live our faith. How we care for those on the margins. How 
we show our love for one another. How we speak out in the face of injustice. How we care for the homeless and the hungry. How we visit the prisoner. How we welcome the alien in our midst. That is the only way that we can answer the questions about what is this Christian faith when we hear voices saying they speak from a place of that faith and those voices do not sound like voices of love. We have to be like Jesus and not even answer that question. We rather answer the question of who our God is. And we answer that question by who we are in the world. We are saved. We are saved by God's grace. There is absolutely nothing we can do or say that removes us from God's love. We are saved. We are the body of Christ in this world. There is nothing we can say, nothing we can do that will make God turn God's back on us. However, because we know that our God is a God of the living, because we know our God is a God of love, because we know our God is a God who came down and lived amongst us, and suffered the fate of an oppressed community and healed and fed and loved God's people because we know that love, we have no choice but to live, love ourselves. And when we live that love, no one, no one will be able to question us. No one will be able to trip us up or trick us about who our God is and what our faith is. When we live as the body of Christ, caring for each part of that body, sharing God's love with one another and with those who will never step foot in this church, 
when we share God's love, when we show the world who God is through our care, through our voices, through our actions, they will not be able to ask us any more questions. Amen.